Hi, welcome to our podcast, The Serial <clears throat> Scoop. We're your hosts. I'm Nicholas. And I'm Yamalette. And today we're going to be talking about some of the most infamous serial killers of all time. Okay, according to the FBI, the definition of a serial killer is a series of two or more murders committed as separate events, usually but not always by one offender acting alone. And one of the first serial killers we're going to get into is the Zodiac Killer, who is one of the most infamous serial killers, and he happens to be from the Bay Area of San Francisco, and his murders occurred in the late 1960s, and he is believed to be directly linked to at least five murders. Okay. December 20th, 1968. 17-year-old David Faraday and 16-year-old Betty Lou Jensen. They were shot to death on Lake Herman Road, Later, in July 5, 1969, 22-year-old Darlene Farron and 19-year-old Mike Magoo were shot multiple times. Uh, he actually killed Farron and only injured Mike. <clears throat> A man was called into the police station claiming that he had done the murder and the previous murder in December. Then, in September 27, 1969, Cecilia Shepard and Brian Hartnell were tied up and stabbed with the message left behind and then somebody later calling the police department and they were both having to be rushed to the emergency room. Shepard was the one that didn't make it. Early October 1969, 29-year-old Paul Sign was shot. He fit the description of a robbery like the actual murder scene fit the description of a robbery gone wrong until a letter was received with the Zodiac Killer claiming responsibility. Um, one of the things that the Zodiac Killer would do um, after his murders and stuff and when he started, when the killings started to become more and more fre frequent, it started to cause a lot of panic in, in that area. And one of the things that he would do is he would taunt investigators and detectives through memo memos and cut out newspapers. And um, one of his letters read, this is a Zodiac speaking, and in answer to your asking for more details about the good times I have, I have had in Vallejo, I shall be very happy to supply them even more material. By the way, are the police having a good time with the code? If not, tell me to tell them to cheer up. When they do crack it, they will have me. And he basically sent a bunch of like secret codes and messages to uh, the police and investigators, um, basically like playing playing games with them, trying to get them to like decode his messages so they would find him. And they he stopped sending them. He stopped sending them letters in 1974, and they just were never able to find him. And also, most of his victims were very young, and they were usually in a couple setting. Yep. So it's like, did he have a murder? Like, yeah. a specific people that he wanted to kill? Maybe he was... Maybe he didn't have a good dating life, and <laughs> he was like... I'm tired of seeing these couples around, but he took it too far and decided I was like, he had enough of them and he killed them. Yeah. And ended their lives and was like, yep, 
I'm I'm gonna be unhappy. So guess what? You're gonna be dead. That's what you get. And then, moving on. <clears throat> the next killer that we're gonna be talking about is the Moonlight Murderer, aka the Phantom Killer. And his first killing was on the 22nd of February, 1946. Um, he killed Jimmy <clears throat> Hollis, who was 25. And Mary Jean Larry, 19, out on a date. Late at night, a man's voice tells him to step out of the car, beating Hollis into a coma and sexually assaulted and beat Larry. But they both survived. They were actually the only two people to survive the Phantom Killer's um, death. That's crazy. Craziness, yeah. Yeah. However, because they didn't get an actual look of his face... And their descriptions were all over the place. I'm assuming because, like, when you're in that moment, you're in a panic mode. So it's like, I don't know what's happening. So they never really got a f- good description of who their almost killer, killer was, was. going to be. Yeah. So there was no way of actually identifying anybody. So he kept going. Only a month later, on the same... So where Jimmy Hollis and Mary Jean Larry were almost killed... It was like in a secluded area in Texar, Kansas, which is like between Texas and Arkansas. And in that secluded area is known as the Lover's Lane, where lovers go and spend some some time (laughs) together. And then so only a month later after that attack in the same area, Richard Griffin, 29, and Polly Ann Moore, 17, they were both shot in the back of their heads fatal wounds <clears throat> Paul Martin and then in 1946 he killed Paul Martin 16 and Betty Jo Booker 15 um, they were found with four bullet wounds the following morning and Booker was found later that day with shots in the head and heart well I'm not seeing a pattern with this guy he likes to kill young people He lo- just like just, just like, like the Zodiac killer, killer. Yep. they like to kill young couples they like to kill young couples who are and they're usually I mean even though they're cold cases like the ones that do get away their descriptions of them are like very like tall and big men so like they hunt people that they know that they can like fight and easily even if it's two against one yeah um, two suspects two suspects were actually like considered for this case. Um, one of them was Yuli Swiney or Sweeney, not sure how to pronounce that last name. And he was 29, and his wife actually was telling cops, "Yes, I know he killed them. I know he's connected to these murders, but since she was married with him, she couldn't legally testify against him because of the law." That's crazy. Yep, and then the other suspect was H.B., nicknamed Duty, (laughs) Tension. Um, He was 18, and he committed suicide, but in his uh, note that he left, he was confessing to the murders, but there was no way of actually proving if he was the murderer or not. I don't know if I believe that. It might have been, like, a thing for attention. That's dark if he went that way <laughs> to get attention. Like, why would he kill himself? Like, serial killers don't do that. Well, I don't know, maybe. But, like, it's like he wasn't going to get caught, so I don't know why he would do that. 
because I understand like school shooters and stuff, they kill themselves because they don't want to be killed, but like... Maybe he just wanted to go out with a bang and be like remembered for something that was totally not something you want to be remembered as. I guess. People are crazy, okay? Okay. And another one who is probably out of everyone on this list is probably like the most famous serial killer we're going to talk about is Jack the Ripper. And he happens to be in what he happens to be the most infamous and unidentified killer. And um, he's basically known for killing at least five women in an unusual manner. And what I mean by that is he killed them and but their stab wounds and like where he cut them and stuff were in such like weird places that it made the police and um basically like the morgue examiners the morticians it made them think that like the whoever the killer was definitely knew something about human anatomy just by the way that his victims were killed so you're saying this killer most likely spent his own time studying humans i mean he might have been a doctor or something you never know imagine him operating on somebody or like trying to so a doctor is supposed to save lives but he's not in them he's psycho psycho and all five murders occurred on london's east end all within one mile of each other so so do you think this was premeditated no, I th- kind of think I th- no, I think the because vic- like all the murders happened like late at night and they were all women who were like walking by themselves. I kind of think that they were probably just random and he just like picked whoever the weakest one was because you know that's like that's kind of like become like a pattern that we've been seeing with all these other um, serial killers is like they kind of like choose people who are like weaker than them that they can like easily overtake. And, like, also, um... Do you think these women were prostitutes? Mm. Depends on the area. You said they were in the East London's end East London. End. Um... Would you consider... Oh, and another thing that's similar, that that's, that's similar, um, to what we just talked about, the Zodiac Killer, he, um, Jack the Ripper, he actually sent letters, a let, like, people believe they were allegedly sent by him, to the London Metro Police, which they're often referred to as the Scotland Yard, and he taunted them over the details of his gruesome killings. So that's basically what the Zodiac Killer did. But there was no return address? Yeah, there wasn't. <laughs> and the moniker Jack the Ripper originates from a letter which was published at the time of the attacks. And unfortunately, like, even though, even though he is the most infamous like unknown serial killer of all time um and despite multiple investigations his name his or her name it was probably he but their motive is still unknown and people still don't don't know who the killer is and it happened such a long time ago that they'll probably never it'll probably never be solved but it's still it still gets talked about today Especially in that area. Watch so, out. He could still be out there. He's dead. As a spirit. As a spirit. He's dead. Right. As a spirit. Or somebody could have picked up on his ways and been like, ooh, I'm going to be the next 
Well, I mean, I think like other serial killers, like I feel like they kind of they might like inspire each other because like the Zodiac killer came after Jack the Ripper, but like Jack the Ripper was already infamous, but like he was known for like sending letters to the police and stuff and like taunting them about his murders and stuff, and that's kind of what the Zodiac killer did too. So And he did it successfully because he wasn't caught. Yep, neither was neither was Jack the Ripper the Zodiac killer, so Okay. The next murderer, serial killer, was known as the Cleveland Torso Murderer. His murder spread from 1935 to 1938, so three years of not knowing who was next. He had a total of at least 12 victims. However, they were all dismembered, which meant that only two were able to be fully identified because he decapitated all of them, cut all of their pieces and like body into pieces. So um, investigators weren't on it, weren't able to identify these these victims. One of them was in September 1934. Um, a woman. So people were walking on a hiking trail, like on a trail, and they found a woman near Lake Erie. And around, so they found, I believe they found the head, right? And then as they like continued to like just like look more into it, they saw other body parts around. Actually, they didn't find the head. I lied. They didn't find the head. There was no head found. Mm-hmm. But they knew it was a woman because there had her body parts were all spread around. <clears throat> and she, because they didn't know who she was, she just became known as the lady of the lake. However, one victim that was identified was Edward Andresy. He was 28 and he was decapitated. Like they found his head some distance from the body. And on the Cleveland like Police Department Museum, they actually have a picture of his head and you his know, body. Like, another thing that I noticed about these killers is that like a lot of them, like even though um who was the one who shot people? It was uh <laughs> It was the Moonlight. The Moonlight murder. Um, even though, like, he shot people, like, the Zodiac Killer, uh, well, he also shot people, too, but Jack the Ripper and um, and the Cleveland Torso murderer, like, they both stabbed people and, like, decapitated. Well, the Cleveland Torso murderer, he was the one who decapitated people, but, like, I feel like to be able to kill someone, like, in general like i mean it's pretty like to be able to do that and like not have any regrets is pretty sick but like to be able to like cut someone and like kill them like slowly and like and just like watch them suffer and stuff is like really crazy to me yeah it's like okay you know the saying it's like you're running around like a chicken without its what that got its head cut off or something yeah that's just like how, how does somebody do that? I don't know. Psychologically, maybe there's something wrong with their brain. Yeah. Don't know. But like, in July of 1939, there was one suspect that was connected to the Cleveland Torso murders, and his name was Frank Dolezal. Um, Dolezal? What? Dolezal? Dolezal. Dolezal. Like Rachel Dolezal. Oh, I don't know, man. Okay. 
and he was 52 years old. So they had a confession from him about the murders, but because his confession seemed so scripted and like forced upon him, uh, it was like not really valid towards other things. And actually before his trial, he killed himself. So in his cell. So there's actually no way of proving whether he did it or not. Oh, dang. Yep. And so that that case remains open till this day. You know another thing that I realized? He said he killed himself before they could like trial could, him. Yeah, yeah, they could go to trial. Um Ted uh, like you know how like serial killers for some reason like they just they want people to believe that they're like normal people because like I watched over the summer like I watched all that Ted Bundy stuff are you guys sneeze? I was I watched like all that Ted Bundy stuff on Netflix and um when I was like watching the documentary like about him and stuff and how like when they actually caught him and they took him to trial like even though they had all this evidence against him like he was like still trying to convince people that like he was a good guy and he couldn't do this and there was actual people that believed him like yeah. he had fans so just like we're so interested in them because of the things they did they probably have people who are so deeply invested into yeah. their ways and there's a lot like we were... there's a lot of killers now who like just do that they they do stuff like this because they know that even if they die or something, like, their legacy will live on forever. And they might even, like, get movies and stuff made out of them. Because that's the kind of... They, they crave that kind of media attention. Just attention from people in general. Because a lot of... Narcissists. Yeah, they're narcissists. I can see it. I can see it. And then the last killer we're going to talk about is the doodler. And he also happens to be a serial killer from the San Francisco area, just like the Zodiac Killer. So what you're telling me is don't go live in San Francisco. You know, I, <laughs> when we were doing research and stuff, like there's a lot of serial killers that are like from the West. Like Ted Bundy is from Seattle. There's a bunch of serial killers from Seattle. The Doodler is from San Francisco. And the Zodiac Killer is from San Francisco. And the Zodiac Killer is from the 60s. And the Doodler is from the 70s. That's like only 10 years apart. So So don't go to the West Coast. Yeah. Got it. Even though it's pretty. But <laughs> I guess they just have more psychos. <coughs> Maybe because of that. Because of the wilderness. People, you could hide dead bodies in the wilderness. Nobody will find it. The animals will eat it. Yeah. But the Doodler... Um, he killed five white gay men and he dumped their bodies around the ocean beach area of San Francisco and all five victims had similar stab wounds and they were believed to be they're believe all five victims like they're believed to be connected to the same murderer by the police and the killings they it really gripped the gay community in San Francisco in the 1970s especially since they had just like gotten over some other serial killer going on like a rampage not even 10 years ago and then um at the time <laughs> there was also two similar assaults that were carried out on two gay men from the same from the same apartment complex but they were able to get away and they gave a description of the assailant to the police so they and gave descriptions but this person was never caught mm -mm, he wasn't caught um 
but uh, one of the victims spoke to the police, and um, after one of the victims spoke to them, the that's when the police believed that the that's when the police believe that their the attack against them was connected to the five homicides of the other gay men, and the police were able to sketch out the subs. They were actually able to draw out a sketch of what they believe the suspect to look like based on the victim's description, and they said that he was around six foot. He was black and he was lanky. And then in 1976, <coughs> police actually detained a suspect who was never charged. But they believed he was the killer, and the reason why he wasn't charged was because they needed a victim, a victim's testimony, and the victim that one of the victims that survived that they needed to give the testimony to charge him didn't want to testify because um, he didn't he didn't want to come out by testifying because he was still in the closet and. Um, it's also reported that the victim was a well-known entertainer and diplomat. So if, if he had come out, even though it was like San Francisco and like San Francisco is like one of those cities that's like known for being like more gay and like has been gay for a while. And it's just like one of those, one of those popular cities for like LGBT people. Um, even back then in the seventies, like, especially like back then, like now it probably wouldn't it definitely wouldn't be as big of a deal as it would have been back then. Well, yeah, because, like, back then, like, everything was so... People were pushed to fit into a certain area in society, so it was really hard for them to find their place. Yeah, and that also sucks, too, because had he given the testimony, um, had he testified and actually came out and stuff, um, because he didn't, like, he was... That's kind of, like, really selfish, though, because, like, He's kind of risking like other innocent gay men's lives. Like he doesn't know if that guy will like go out and try to do that to like even more people. But what if he wasn't the killer? What if he was an innocent man? Mm. But if, did they have enough evidence? But he knew what the guy looked like. So if he was able to testify and oh, okay, tell them okay, that yeah. that the guy yes. that that was the killer, then they could have got him. But they could but they couldn't because he didn't testify. And because, um, and then after that, the police really didn't have any solid leads. So to this day, the case still remains cold. But recently, the San Francisco released a new sketch of the doodler with age advancement uh, or age progress progression. So basically, they just drew a new sketch of his old sketch, but made him look a little bit older, like kind of like what they believe he would look like today. That doodler is not out there killing any more people though, because, okay, let's think about it. That was in the 70s. Uh-huh. Or in 2019. Yeah. He was probably in his 20s in the 70s. Yeah. How old would he be now? Like, like 70? Probably. He's like probably old. in a nursing home telling other old people how he killed people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, old people <laughs> with dementia is not gonna remember it. I mean, oh, oh yeah, and also he got the name Doodler because um, when one of the assault victims that one of the victims that got away from the assault, when he met him, he was sketching car caricatures. Oh, so that's why he has that name. I thought they got he got the nickname because of. That's the only way they were able to identify him through the sketches. Yeah. So they, they dub him the doodler. But 
a lot of these killings and stuff, like especially like the Zodiac Killer and um, Jack the Ripper, like they had major impacts on the communities in that area because, I mean, you're just not used to like, imagine if that happened here in Clarksville, like people that would be all people would be talking about like, like no keep one your do- doors locked yeah like <laughs> no one would want to go outside or like do anything nobody goes outside anyways yeah <laughs> i know but like do you remember like a few years ago like when um when someone like when people were getting kidnapped on the walmart on fort campbell boulevard and like well <laughs> i heard about that and they were like being sold into sex trafficking and stuff i mean stuff like that happens and i mean um sex trafficking is different than that but like it's also similar because like people that's not something that like people want to hear happening in their communities so true but like they all okay so they all either shot their victims stabbed them to death or like the torso murder decapitated Mm -hmm. them they were all like they weren't easy deaths as for the victims yeah they suffered clearly the evidence that was left behind they suffered and like most of them just got away because there wasn't enough evidence to actually get these certain suspects that they had they didn't have hard facts to pinpoint the murders on them yeah so maybe if these think these murders happened in today's time because of the advancement in technology and everything else like there's cameras at every corner you turn i mean yeah but like i feel like there's still a possibility that stuff like this could happen today because like i feel like a lot of stuff just isn't reported by the news as much anymore or a lot of things kind of get brushed under the rug now because there is some sense since like social media has blown up like there's a news story like every day so it's really hard for people to focus on one thing because I recently I've gotten really interested in like missing missing persons cases and like people have been killed and their killers never like their killers never been found and it's like stories that have been happening today but no one is talking about these like no one's definitely no one's talking about these stories today as much as they were back then like those serial killers back then because I feel like people just can't concentrate on like one thing because there's just like so many people that get missing or get killed every year and their killers aren't found or those people never end up getting found because they don't get a lot of media coverage because there's a new story that becomes bigger than what their story is and no one's talking about it so the cases just keep piling up and piling up and piling and like up the and thing is with these killers like they were never found but they got a lot of media coverage when well yeah because back then it was like different there wasn't that was like your only way of connection was through your tv or the radio or the radio so it's like you could only talk about so many things in that way but now that social media you have different news articles you could read different news companies and all this other crap yeah there's just so much um news and everything so do you think if these things or if these specific killers were in today's time do you think they would have gotten away with it as easily as they did um maybe not with like dna now because i know in like certain cases from like way back then dna was like just getting started so it wasn't like as good as it is now and i know in a lot of cases if dna had been as good as it is now as if it had been as good as it is now and it was 
that good back then, then a lot more cases could have been solved. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, um, so like to, in today's time, there aren't as much as many serial killers. It's moved more. It's moved more to mass murders, like murder just m- mass numbers. So it's like so we go from one person killing just a couple people over an extended period of time to one person killing so many people in one place. And maybe I think they do it just because they need attention and yeah to seek like i guess so i feel like i'm gonna shoot i don't feel this way but probably these killers feel this way they're gonna do it they're gonna go out with a bang yeah and they're just gonna do it um so that is all for our podcast today i hope you guys i hope you enjoyed it this will Um, probably be our only episode (laughs) but if there are any other podcasts you want us to talk about, Miss Goodman, we would love to hear feedback from you. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed our little talk and um, the serial killers we talked about. And I hope you liked our discussion. Do you have anything to say, Yama? Um, last thing I gotta say is just keep an eye out. You know. You never know. You never know when something's going to pop out of the corner. People are crazy and people are going to forget about you just like they do now if you get kidnapped or something crazy happens to you because... Don't be looking at your phones when you're walking by yourselves. Don't be walking down a, <laughs> a dark street at night, I guess. But, yeah. Um, Good night. Good night. <laughs>